Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. that music i like my co-host cool button hockey podcast episode 55 larry murphy is underway larry murphy of course spent some time with the los angeles kings where he filled the net he kind of filled the net everywhere he went even in toronto before they kind of pushed him out of town and handed him two stanley cups but anyway the kings six seven and three in their last 16 as we speak now, Vegas has the game in hand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What does this mean, Craig? You were the first that I heard that said, if Vegas gets in, dot, dot, dot. We assume that would be wildcard too. If they get in, the dot, dot, dot might mean Oilers and Golden Knights. This is organic intrigue <laughs> that I love. So who did this? Thank you, hockey gods. Who did this? Are the Kings choking? You know, I, I I think choking is a hard word with a with a young team that's had some injuries. I do. I I think the LA Kings have had a fantastic season. I I really do. Okay, I, I thought the LA Kings, you know, were pretty much uh, had a playoff spot cemented. I really believe that. Well, I'll tell you what that uh, that that cement looks like quicksand now. I'm not so sure <laughs> to cement their their place in the playoffs. You know. They still have an opportunity. I mean, they jump out three nothing on the Minnesota Wild on Sunday in Minnesota, and and then you talk about coughing it up. Like that, that that might be the game where you cough it up if you want to use the choke word. Like that was a that was a cough up. That you can't, you know, against a good team like that, three nothing. Uh uh-uh. uh, you got to find a way to close that one out. That being said, the Vegas Golden Knights. Two words. If they're in the playoffs, watch out. Oh, you, you know, you know what happened. Patrick Reddy back in the lineup. Oh, boy. Braden McNabb back in the lineup. Oh, boy. Well, you know, Mark Stone, if they're in the playoffs, he's coming back. And and now I'm starting to see these polls coming out of Edmonton. Who would you rather play in the first round of the playoffs? And they keep putting Vegas. Like, nobody's voting for Vegas in the first round for the Edmonton Oilers fans. But you think about a healthy Vegas Golden Knights team. I'm telling you what, watch out. Two words, watch out if they're in the playoffs. Maybe Edmonton shouldn't have beaten the Kings their last two games. Maybe that was a mistake. <laughs> Maybe that was a mistake. But I, what I love about it is because we've talked about the Eastern eight that we've known, but there's been some intrigue because the Penguins hit a bit of a slump, and we'll talk about that. And you know, huge Tuesday night, and how good really the Rangers are and have organically become. But as we look at things here in the West and where the Flames are at, and in Colorado. So the Vegas thing's interesting. The Kings thing's interesting. Is, is it so tiered with Colorado, Gap, 
Minnesota, St. Louis gap. Is it just almost cliche that it's Calgary and Colorado? Or, or do you believe in Minnesota? Like everyone has skipped around three. That's dangerous. It's like when you get a bracket pool in any sport and you look at it and go, I have to redo my bracket. Why? You don't like Colorado. You don't like Calgary. You don't like Carolina. You don't like, yeah, but they're all the ones. I'm a law of averages guy. I got to take a race. I might have to take a three here and a four here. One, 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 one. Like right now it's too easy, Craig. So it's going to be Florida, Carolina, Calgary, Colorado. Win, 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 win. One, one, one. I don't know. When does it ever happen? Are we due to have it happen? Sometimes I just look and say, a wise man I know said, Steve, expect the unexpected. I went, ah, well, that wise man was you, Mr. Greg. So I'm starting to wonder, is it Minnesota? Is it St. Louis? I can't separate them. I don't know. And you know what? We have a three-week window to figure it out. I don't know. I know who I'd really like. I don't know if I'm in love with anybody and I'm going to put the uh, sports interaction checking book on something. I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm worried. I'm worried about the upset. I am. For a good reason. But is it an upset? Like, so l- l- let's just stay right in the West, okay? Let's okay. just stay right in the West, okay? I mean, by all appearances, it looks like Nashville, Dallas are the ones in the wildcard spots. Well, that sets up Colorado and Calgary to play one the, the, those two teams. I, I think it's clear-cut favorite in that regard. I, I think Colorado and Calgary are clear-cut favorites. Now you go, okay, who are you picking, Mr. Coolius? I, I, we just talked about Vegas. Okay, Vegas, Edmonton. Oh, St. Louis, Minnesota. Oh, really? Okay, you pick. I'll tell you what. With, with, we could do simulations and everything. Bottom line is those two teams, the, the, those four, a healthy Vegas Golden Knights team against Edmonton, Minnesota. It's too close to call. Definitively, you got to make a call. I get it. Too close to call. We'll talk about the East after. But think about the Colorado Avalanche. I look at them and I see what they did on a Friday night in Winnipeg. You know what? They, they, they fall behind, they jump ahead, they lose the lead late. I, I give Winnipeg a lot of credit. And then they win in overtime. They go into Edmonton. It looks like, you know, oh boy, they're not getting their way. They're, it's one that, but Darcy Kemper was really good. I thought Koskinen was really good. They get the tying goal from McKinnon. They get the shootout winner from McKinnon lights out here. They are back to back. Like they're showing they can win anyway. Calgary Flames go on the road four straight, just, just, just own the games, own the games. They're, to me, Steve, I, I, I think they're the class of the West. And, but those, those other, the, the, the other two matchups, the two and three matchups, and if you're the Edmonton Oilers, I got to tell you what, like you're wearing LA Kings underwear, you're wearing LA Kings so- uh, socks, you, you're praying to the LA Kings Buddha. <laughs> You do not want to see the Vegas Golden Knights. No way you want to see the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> yeah. And I'm with you on all of it. That's why I would say under any combination of who would win between Vegas and Edmonton or who would win between St. Louis and Minnesota, which it's too close to call. Those aren't things that you say, yeah, I really feel good about this. And it's not an upset. Any of those three twos is nowhere. Near. The, the, the upset would be Dallas over Colorado. Nashville over Calgary, Washington over Florida, I think are upsets. That, and that might be it. And, and yeah. that that might be it. And I'm with you on those teams. Like, I'm on Darcy Kemper wagon. Like, I'm on the wagon. I, I think, and there's people that I know people, and I know general managers that wanted him from Arizona. I, I know 
from what I would call people I'm connected to that, that want him, that thought, what can we do to get him? And, and Colorado did what they did to get him. And I think it's better that he started slow and got acclimated to Colorado and went through some things. And, and now, no, he's just as, he's just as good as almost anyone that's out there. Like the, the, the goalie matchup between Vasilevsky or Shesterkin and Kemper, I'm not worried about that for Colorado. I'm not worried about it just like everybody else at health. No, he's there. And what you said about Calgary, they needed to leave Calgary. They actually spent too much time in Calgary. <laughs> and Milan Lucic had a great quote because Calgary is great, but they needed to go. And workman control of four playoff wins. Of just saying, we're, we're playing May, June hockey right now. And don't be fooled by, oh, but it was 1-1 and 2-1 in those games. Nope, nope, nope. The first line, nope. The depth, nope. The, the grit, nope. The defense, nope. The goal, nope, nope. Dan Vladar, nope, 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 no. So right now, yeah, we could go to Hawaii. And I know you're going to Germany. And we could say, oh, Colorado is playing Calgary. Okay, here we go, round three. And we know we have the road to, to get there. So I'm with you on how I think these teams will get there. Could Vegas then be a problem for Calgary in round two? Of course they could. Could yeah. they be a problem for Colorado as well? It's just... Because it's so close and we have normalcy and we're back. Think about how we started other podcasts or other shows for a lot of... We have passed the bad exits. This stuff is so juicy and we've got 16 storylines and and that's the best part. And then it comes down to this. If it does, Calgary, Colorado, what would happen? Who we like more? I just want to see it like you do. I just want to see it and let the best team win. The best team for those 14 days, Craig. Oh yeah, for sure. And, I, and, and that's what it's going to take. And t- two things I'm going to say, we talked about the past, right? Like it's almost like you're on the highway, right? You're looking at the exits and, and you're hungry and you're looking for something like fast food, right? And you pull off the highway. Oh, it's closed. <laughs> you go down the highway. Oh, it's closed again. Right. And then you're going, Oh, I'm so hungry. I got to eat this. You, you stop in at the convenience store and get one of those bad egg salad sandwiches. Don't ever do that. I've never done it. I would never do it. Okay. But the Calgary Flames, and, and I think the Colorado Avalanche did the same thing on Friday and Saturday versus Winnipeg. They said, beat us if you can. Beat us. <laughs> That's playoff hockey. Because we're not going to beat ourselves. Beat us. Yeah. Winnipeg and- couldn't do it. Edmonton couldn't do it. And uh, no, nobody, as you point out, one goal games, empty net goals uh, in the Calgary four victories. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. And without Kadri, has been great. He probably would have got 100 points. And we've talked about the Landeskog situation. So good for Colorado. So now in the East, we've got some intrigue. Like the Penguins hit a bit of a wall. And the Capitals have two games in hand. And we've got everyone playing on terrific Tuesday, 2.0 or 3.0. We've had some terrific Tuesdays in the last mm-hmm. few weeks. Uh, I think late March and then into April. So I guess we start with Carolina and the Rangers. Now, a few podcasts ago, I re-listened you weren't as excited about Carolina hockey as others were. And you kind of said that you like some other teams. So now the Rangers have closed the gap and they're right there with Carolina. Now I'm still on the Carolina bandwagon and we're going to predict the scores of the games coming up in just a moment. I'm still on Carolina. I'm still on Carolina, but what do you not like or trust heading down the stretch and into the playoffs that you see that maybe others don't on the Canes? Defensive depth and hardness up front with their forward group. I think the playoffs are about who can go the hardest, the longest. Now, 
I like the Carolina Hurricanes. I hope nobody gets all bent out of shape about me. I think the Carolina Hurricanes are, are, are a really good team. I'm not talking them now anymore about uh, are they a good team or are they not a good team. I'm talking about Stanley Cup contender. I've been very clear. I have my four teams in the, in the, in the, in the top tier of, of Stanley Cup, and they haven't shown me any different. Florida, Tampa Bay, Colorado, Calgary. Now we can talk about the next group of teams. Is Carolina in it? Yeah, they're in it. Is a healthy Vegas team in it? Hey, listen, Jack Eichel, you know, I've heard Kelly McCrimmon talk about him just finding his way and everything. They haven't had a player like Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel, as a difference maker, boy, they haven't had that up the middle of the ice. So, you know, that, that changes things. Are the Rangers good? Are the Penguins good? Yeah. Are the Toronto Maple Leafs good? Yeah. I'm not saying no, I don't have them in my top four teams. So when I look now and I've watched what the Rangers are doing, and I like how they're playing, right? And Freddie Anderson's had a great season, okay? But Freddie Anderson has never done it in the playoffs. Never. Their defense depth concerns me. Heavy and hard in the playoffs up front. I don't know if they can win. They might be able to win around. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying they can't win around because they've shown they can. But can they get past? They couldn't get past Tampa Bay last year. They couldn't get past them. They couldn't. They weren't, they weren't deep enough. I don't see a team that's deeper this year. Well, the Rangers were already very good and maybe playing above expectations and above the underlying numbers, but then they brought in some of the, now Tyler Mott situations, unfortunate, but then they, they brought in the Andrew Cops and Frank Vetranos and Justin Bronze to add to it. I think they've gone from really believing and none of it was fake. They believed it. I think now they've gone from hoping to a very quiet confidence. And that's why I'm really looking forward to Tuesday, April 12th in the Ranger game. And why not the Rangers, not in your Florida Tampa tier. And I get it. I would have the Canes in there. So I've got five, right? I've got five. Uh, you've got four. Some people have Minnesota as a half. And I, maybe the Rangers are like Minnesota, you know, in each yeah. of the divisions. Maybe, maybe. But Andrew Kopp and the goaltending, the defense. Remember, Truba's on that second pair. Look what he's done this year. Look look how it's all the Fox oh. talk, which is – and I know you've liked him for a long time. And the the, the the trade that had to be made. So think about what they've got top four. Think of what they got. So then a Braden Schneider is also a physical guy. So are they going – they do. Fox, Truba, Schneider, or they're Braun. They might have the best right side in the playoffs. Hockey. In hockey, <laughs> so, you know, and then you got to face those guys. Oh, so Fox is off, and then and then Schneider's on or off, and then it's Truba. It's tough, man. And then Sh uh, Shesterkin had his, you know, mini slump, or if you want to call it that. And then Georgiev went, okay, I'll be here just in case, and probably has played his best hockey in the NHL. I just, I'm just saying the Ranger love, the buzz, the ahead of schedule. So Rangers in Pittsburgh, I like the Rangers more. Might end up being Washington. It could be. Yeah, I think the worst thing for the Rangers is to win the division and turn around and have to play Tampa. I, I think that would be something they're scared of. And I think one of our guests, Bruce, will tell me, I think it was, uh, I forgot, said that's probably a matchup that the rain. That's not a reward in life. That's not a reward. It's like the Vegas reward for Colorado or Edmonton. So I'm, I'm intrigued. And I think the Ranger thing is, I, I think it could be a special spring. I really do. And it, they're sexy, Craig. Let's be honest. They're sexy. Okay. So what I'm going to tell you is this. Okay. And you, and you, you, so when I talk about my upper 
my top four teams in that upper group, right? Yeah. So the Rangers can't be in it if they're worried about playing Tampa. Because Tampa's not scared of playing anybody. Good point. And neither is Florida. They, they, they go, we can beat anybody, right? But you're already laying it out. If, if, if they get this team, that's why they're below those teams. Trust me. Well, I shouldn't say try, but I trust myself. Carolina's in the same boat. <laughs> I think, I think the best matchup for Carolina is Toronto. <laughs> and I think the best matchup for Toronto is Carolina. <laughs> That's a true pickup. I think they have similar styles of play. They want to play fast. They want to get going, right? Their goaltending, playoff goaltending is always, well, okay, where are we at? How are we going to do it? And l- let's see where they, let's see where it all goes. But to me, to be in that upper echelon, that means we can beat anybody at any time. The four teams, they've shown me unequivocally they can do that. If the Rangers get Tampa, you're going, oh, that's not good. That's not a reward. That means they're not in that upper echelon. That's a good point. I like that. I like that. Uh, before we do the Atlantic uh, and hit sports interaction, let's do Pittsburgh, Washington. Now are the penguins sliding into the capital scale? I know Mike Sullivan was concerned Crosby with a great game on Sunday. Uh, and I love the numbers like hitting 1400 points and he's what 22nd and Ovi's 21, which is, which is funny. Uh, so they've got another thing to chase for the next eight, seven years till they turn 40. Oh. Um, so I don't know, like I like Ricard Raquel, I, I like Jari, and maybe this is, if you're going to slump, maybe April's better than, than May. Is uh, the proverbial smell of the rose uh, not in full bloom in Pittsburgh country? Well, I mean, again, like, you, you know, you look where they're at. You know, I, I've liked Pittsburgh. You know, th- one of the things that, I, that, that I've watched with Pittsburgh in recent weeks is players out of the lineup, players into the lineup, some because of injuries. You know, Mike Sullivan trying to find, you know, what the mix is, right? You know, they add Raquel. You know, Marcus Pedersen's been a scratch. How does the defense pairings look? Who's here? Jason Zucker coming back, right? I don't like all this uncertainty with my team at this point in the season. I don't like it. So when I see the Pittsburgh Penguins trying to sort these things out, they might get it sorted out after they're out of the playoffs and go, we should have done this. We should have done that. Get it sorted out. I don't see them sorting it out right now. I don't. That concerns me, Steve. Yeah. I'm concerned too. I I really am. And the Rangers manhandling too strong. Like they played all the games in the calendar 2022. The one game the Penguins won was in Pittsburgh was one nothing, right? And I give Jari credit, he played great. So did Shisterkin, one nothing. The MSG games, those are statement games. And I know Sid was sick for one. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Sid is sick for one. You lose four three, empty net or five three or whatever. And then Shisterkin's doing the hand flap. So they've, it's like Pittsburgh's angry. So, you know, things got a little ugly at the end of the game. I mean, if I'm the Penguins now, like right this second compared to where we were in January or February, I've got a different mindset of the Ranger-Penguin matchup rivalry playoffs. Like right, right now, it's advantage Rangers. And they've shown it, especially at MSG. And Phil Bork was on and said, that's uh, I'm not going to call it a house of horrors. If I'm the Rangers and I'm the 2-3 and we're, we're playing Pittsburgh and we talked about the Rangers, I know. I saw things there that were not good. I saw better puck management by the Rangers. I saw the Rangers with physicality, puck movement, that defense that we talked about. All these little boxes that we've checked, they're the boys on Broadway. Like, check, check, check. 
And the Penguins now could end up being wildcard two with the Capitals mini run. I don't love any of those two teams, but like we said, there's, there's a bit of a, a level of concern. And I don't know if there's any concern for you, the same concern that I have, or I think that the Penguins fans have. I, I will say this, Mr. Coolius. You know what? I like the Penguins, but, and this is the big but right here, and I'm going to replace the U with an E. They're going to have to show me some semblance of order within their team composition and how they want to play. Not how much, but how they want everybody to be together for me to bet on them. Time now for KB on Ice, an inside look at the National Hockey League brought to you by our very good friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction is Canada's sportsbook, 19-plus play responsibly. Tuesday, April 12th is another terrific Tuesday. Craig, who do you like? Who do you, 12 games that matter, 14 on the schedule. Well, you know what? I'm not going to go through all 12. So, so I'm going to tell you where my focus is. Okay. My focus is at MSG. You know, the New York Rangers, we've talked a lot about the New York Rangers, the Carolina Hurricanes. They just keep showing that they're capable. Well, if the New York Rangers want to finish first in the Metropolitan, this is a must win. I mean, that will, to me, that determines first place. Rangers win, they finish first. Carolina wins, they finish first. You're asking me now where I'm going. I'm going with the Rangers. I'm going with the Rangers. I'm in on the Rangers. I'm telling you that right now. They have the Pittsburgh Penguins against the New York Islanders. Big overtime win, 87, right? The New York Islanders, Barry Trotz. This guy is one unbelievable coach. Islanders win against the Penguins. And now more questions swirl around the Penguins. Those are my two for Tuesday. Okay. Well, I'm taking the Penguins. Right at you. And Carolina <laughs> to beat the Rangers 4-2 with an empty netter to cover the puck and a half. Canes win the game. Canes win the division. And Crosby and company stay ahead of the Capitals, which has been very intriguing. mono mono head-to-head on KB on Ice. Ladies and gentlemen, with the most competitive odds, sports interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer Head to sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod. That's sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod. 19 plus play responsibly. Can't wait for Tuesday, April the 12th. That was a lot of fun head to head. And remember, I'm taking the Penguins after a conversation against the Islanders. Okay. It's not as if the Penguins are playing the Rangers. So keep that in mind, folks, when you tweet at me. <laughs> yeah, tweet at me. I got to tell you one thing, too. You started off this podcast by saying you really like the music and you really like the co host. Well, you picked the music and you picked the co host. <laughs> I hope you like both. <laughs> I thought you courted me right here in the hockey <laughs> office here uh, uh, in the summer. But anyway, um, so, uh, we, we got to do the Atlantic. So I'm not forgetting about that. But just as an aside, uh, the NBA going to uh, 7, 8, 9, 10. They're going to keep it. I think it demeans the regular season and they play in front of a lot of tickets and I'm not here to talk about because I'm a hockey guy first and foremost. And, you know, I can fall in love with the masters or the world series at times or whatever. Seven, eight, nine, ten. I can see the managers voting for it, Craig. I can see them wanting it. I don't think Gary wants it. Bill wants it. I don't think our sport needs it. 16 in 16 out. I don't want that to change. Where are you on a seven, eight, nine, ten, possibly in the future? You know, I, I, I have, I have, I have progressed through this, through this discussion. And you know, at first I remember Bob Goodnow, 
who was the executive director of the NHLPA talking about these races. Imagine if you, now there's a race for seven, six spot, because you don't want to be in that seven. Now there's a race for the, for, for, for the 10th spot. And, and I get it. And I, I go, okay, yeah. Do we want races? I'm with you. If you, if, if you want to, if you want to just say, you know what, the regular season really isn't that important because we're going to give the 10th team a chance to get in the playoffs. I get concerned about that. I get concerned. You know, you're going to have an 82 game schedule. You're going to have an 82 game schedule. It needs to matter. It can't be. Well, yeah. And you're right, Steve, the managers will vote on it because they're going, well, that's four more teams in the playoffs. And I can say I'm in the playoffs, right? Like, and I get it. I understand all that. I'm against it. Eight teams in, in the, in the, in the East eight in the West. The only thing I would change, and this is a good debate and I would change it. I would go one to eight in each conference in the first round of playoffs. And you know what? If you want to do bracketing, I'm okay with that. If you want to recede, I'm okay with that too. But I'd go one to eight. But other than that, no, uh-uh. no, I don't want four more teams in. I, I think you, I think you hurt your product. You know, I go back to soccer. I go back to what they've done in Europe. They have the Champions League. If you, if you want to do something different and you, you want to have a World Cup of Hockey every two years in February right after the Super Bowl, okay, l- l- let's do that to add some different things to the Champions League. It can happen in the NHL. It's just not, good, not, not feasible in my view. At least I don't see it as feasible. So to me, that's where I'm at. No, 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 no. And like, yeah. how about the NBA? It's like, the, the 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 seventh and eighth place teams are playing and the ninth and tenth place teams are playing. So a team that finished ahead of the ninth and tenth place teams is going to be eliminated. What? What did you just say about your regular season? Like you're asking players to 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 lay it on the line and to bust it, and now you're going like, well, I busted it to get into a spot. Why did it even matter? I'm I'm surprised. I same as. I mean, the NFL changed their overtime policy after we had a little discussion about that. So I thought the rules committee did a great job, not just because they went with what I thought was a great idea, but this format and how they decide, I assume they go seven, 10, eight, nine and play a two out of three. And then the winners, you bring them into the top six, but they didn't. So sometimes I don't get it. I don't get it. And I know way back in the baseball days of the Yankees and the American league East and everything else, when they had 26 teams and only four made it like that made the regular season very important. And I get it for buzz. They started to add teams and add some more. And you could argue the good old days or, or not. And what's a fair number, but think about this when you're playing and you're a pretty good team and you've got the tigers, the Yankees, the red Sox, the blue Jays. Oh my God. And I finished third and I have no, and I won 94 games and the Yankees won 106 and they easily, or they made it. So that might be too much on one side, but that did make, you know, that the playoffs in baseball did start on April 4th. Did an April 4th game matter? Yes, it did. If you go to this 10 game debacle team, you know what you've done? Should I buy a ticket in April? No, why would you, why would you buy a ticket to go to a game now if you say, I'll save it for the play-in game. I'll save it. So I don't know people good for business. It's bad. Like, where does it stop? You know, I heard somebody saying the original six, they had four to six. So if we have 30 teams, we should let 20 in. And I always think it's it, who's best interest. So if we went to a manager's vote right now, before we talk about the Atlantic, which I promise, what do you think that they would honestly do for the good of the game or the good of their team slash jobs, Mr. Button? 
Well, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, the bottom line is, is you, I get it, Steve. I get when you're trying to do something, you like your job. It's a unique job. There's not very many of those jobs available. You know, you try to do things to, to, I, I've said the same thing about the rules and everything. I, 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 I think you have to take the people that have an immediate, immediate, uh, 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 what, what I would say, uh, consequence for what they're trying to do that, 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 it, that, that it potentially takes away from doing what's best for the game. Yeah. Con conflict of interest position. There's no doubt about it. So, so to me, like, do I, do, do I want current managers as part of, uh, uh, you know, rules and, and, and decisions around? Yeah. But not solely, not solely, no, not solely because you, you, you know, you, you operate acting in your own best self-interest sometimes means you're not operating in the interests of, of the greater good. And that's all that that's all I'm trying to, I, I'm, I'm not here to blame anybody. I'm not here to fault anybody. I'm not here to castigate anybody. That's, that's human nature. And that's just exactly what ends up happening. Right. Yeah. And we can go back to the fifties Habs and eighties Oilers and what the managers did, but we've done that. We're on the same page. So it's not as exciting because there's no argument because we both agree to agree on those topics. Uh, Atlantic, Florida, Toronto, Tampa, Boston. It's that way now. Is that how it finishes? And does it matter? Like, who would it matter the most? Toronto and Boston to be the two, three? Like, is that good for both of those and send Tampa to the Rangers or Carolina? Does it matter in the Atlantic for anyone as Florida is closing in on winning the division and the conference? And they got a shot at first overall in the league. Well, I mean, does first overall matter? If it was Colorado, Florida in the cup final... Yeah, then it wouldn't matter, but that's a long runway down. The, and would it really, really, really matter once you got to that point? I don't know, Craig. I don't know. You know, it, uh, here's what I find. Listen, listen, I, I, I'm, we're just talking about accomplishment. I'm big on accomplishment. You want to be the best. I get it. Right. Yeah. When I say, does it matter? It matters if you win at the end, but like it's celebrated, right? Tampa Bay Lightning finished third in their division last year. Third. They won the Stanley Cup. I didn't hear anybody celebrating the President's Trophy. Okay. The Pittsburgh Penguins in 91 92 finished third in their division, right? They were 18 points behind the New York Rangers. They won the Stanley Cup. I didn't hear anybody celebrating the, uh, uh, the President's Trophy. I get it. I, on the day the season ends, you go, good. Oh, good. Oh, we're going to get a trophy. Oh, that's nice. So we're the President's Trophy. Maybe we can put a banner up. <laughs> Does it really matter? Does anybody go, wow, look at that? They won the President's Trophy. It doesn't matter. And I'm not trying, I'm not here to diminish it. I'm not here to do anything, but what, when it all finishes, when it all finishes, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And then we can talk about first place finishes and the cup correlation. It's almost as if teams finish first as they're up and coming. And then they realize, I think we busted our backs to finish first. And we didn't realize what the Islanders realized and what the Oilers realized finishing first overall doesn't matter. That banner doesn't matter. They don't even put banners up in Montreal that aren't cup banners. They don't got no room for anything that's not a cup banner. And and I get it as well. And I think it's more of a sexy media and fan talking point. And with the players given a choice, what are they not going to win last game of the year to finish first overall? But it doesn't matter in the big, big, big cup scheme of things. Um, so the races are great, right? The individual race, I'm sorry, the team races are great. Individual storylines, Mr. Craig Button. Um, 
I guess Austin Matthews has already won the heart. I see sports interaction on the prop betting. I think he could still go and make a prop bet on most cider folks. And I think Roman Yossi will play two to one to win the Norris. So I encourage you to go on sports interaction and put some money on Roman Yossi on the prop bets. Can you compare this Matthews season to anything? You know, is it Brett Hall? Like, is it some Mario there? You know, is, uh, is there such a big wow factor? Are we exaggerating? Like the, the players are saying, wow. And when the players are wowed, and I believe what the players say, like when Nick Lidstrom said allegedly to Ken Holland, Michael Samuelson, this guy can play. Oh, okay. The players know. I think that's another thing you taught me. The players know. So when the players are saying, wow, do you go wow and put this into one of the greatest modern seasons? Is that too much of an exaggeration? And because it's Toronto, people will say, oh, because it's Toronto. Let's scrap that because it's Toronto. doesn't matter if it's Arizona, Chicago, Philadelphia. But Austin Matthews is in a, at the end of a special, special regular season. Ten years ago was the last time the NHL had a 60-goal score. Ten seasons ago. Ten years ago. In the 2011-2012 season. Your buddy from Macedonia, Steven Stamkos, was the last guy to do it. Ten seasons ago, Steve. I guess this is pretty unique. I guess this is pretty special. I guess it stands in the annals of, of, of accomplishments that are rare and should be celebrated. I, like, I mean, are we going to say it's 86 goals like Brad Hall? No. I mean, that was 86 goals, 76 by Bill Esposito. Bottom line is, I, like, if, if this was happening all the time, I'd go, okay, yeah, well, you know, good for Austin. He's joined a, a group of – it doesn't happen. It, it rarely happens in this century. With darn right, it's something that should be celebrated and celebrated as unique, as unique. Yeah, uh, and it's not a real 50 and 50, 51 and 50. It is for him. We can get into Neely and McGillian and those other guys. Yeah. And I like how the NHL does things. I didn't know until recently that Joe Maggio missed three games during his streak. So I think playing every game day in and day out, it's different. Obviously, if you picked the 50 games you wanted to play in, as opposed to playing the 82 or 80, depending on the era, it's still outstanding, but it also lets you know 50 and 39 was 50 dot, dot, dot in 39 Oiler games. And that, that adds it a little bit more cachet, I think to the, to, cause you gotta be there every game. You gotta practice or you gotta be at the, you know, and, Nothing against Neely or McGillney or the guys that kind of did it, but not officially recognized. This is outstanding. Um, but I think it adds to the, you know, those other bossy, God bless them. And some of the other fifties and fifties, because they were done in those consecutive games that the team was playing in Mr. Button. Well, what I would say is, is like, bottom line is, you know, 50 goals in 50 games. That's, I mean, that's a goal of game pace. So l- l- let's recognize what it is. Those players scored 50 goals in the first 50 games of the season. So from day one until they scored their 50th goal, Wayne Gretzky in 39 games, you know, uh, Mike Bossy in 50 games, you know what? Like they did it like, so why don't we just say 50 goals in the first 50 games of the season or less, right? Because that's what it is. You know, when, when you get on a goal, I mean, 50 is a magic number in hockey. We know it is. So 50, 50 goals in 50 games, hey, let's celebrate it for what it is, for what it is, right? You know, I'm not even going to get into this. I like, you know, this consecutive games played streak. That's another one. I mean, like I, I will be straightforward with you right now, Steve. I will not celebrate Phil Kessel's consecutive games played streak in any way, shape or form. Fly, play one shift in Chicago, fly home. Uh-uh, no, nah, no. Nah. 
not buying. Yeah, there seems to be a, I don't know, a frustration with um, the streaks. And if it was natural for Doug Jarvis to get to 964, I think Steve Larmer would have been in that conversation yeah. too. Yeah, he, he, didn't even, he didn't even care about the streak. He said, oh, we're going to use this in your contract. He's like, you act like I care about the you don't know me well enough. I don't care. And I think Larmers was 884. He would have kept going. What is, and that's typical Steve. He retired. And I said, why'd you retire? Rangers offered you a, a million dollar one year deal. He goes, I retired because if they really like me, they would offer me a multi-year deal. And that's just stubbornness. Or, and, and I admire when someone just does it on their owners, just different enough to say, you think I care about an, my streak? No, you know what I care about? Winning. And I loved how at the end, Steve got more of the credit. He went from being the most underrated player in the league to we were giving him the credit that he's due and a guy that you can win with. Like, you know what I mean? Like we talk about this time of the year and guys that you can win with. So um, there is, what's the right phrase for a bit of, um, I don't want to say. It's, you know what I would say? Let me talk to It's principled. And you want to know something? Steve Larmer's real. And there was never anything that wasn't real about him as a player or anything. And they're talking about the streak. He goes, no, we're in a negotiation. I don't care about my streak. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm finished. Like yeah. the bottom line is, and Steve was, a, Steve was a heck of a player, right? And you know what Steve says? He goes, ah, you think I need you? I really don't. And I'm not so sure. He, he didn't say you need me more than I need you. But he said, I'm ready to step away, right? Unbelievable player. And on that note, his number should be retired in the Blackhawks rafters. Yes. No, like his yeah. number should be retired. The bottom line is that that, that, that needs to happen. And disappointing. I, I Disappointing isn't the right word. Just needs to happen at some yeah. point. I don't care when, just get it done. Yeah, it's time. Before we say it's time on uh, the Larry Murphy episode 55, also in play NCAA years coming to the NHL, the big names, and then further down to the 23, 24 year old unrestricted free agents who are going to sign or have signed. Uh, I want to just go with Kerry Price right now. Renaud Lavoie came on the show and I asked him about Marty St. Louis. I said, check that box. He says, I'm checking it. I think he'll be back. I said something else. And then I said, Kerry Price, he would not check the box. Were you on Price coming back? Is this an audition for trade? Is Price coming back to show everybody the knee is good? And then it's, it's what, Craig? Renaud Lavoie. He was on, and I, you know, one mouth, two ears. I used them proportionately in the interview, and I said, I, I think that it's more than 50% that he's going to go. Where's Mr. Button on this hot button issue? Okay, well, here's what I would say. I said, like, I think for Kerry, I mean, he's gone through, a, like, a, you know, a significant, significant, uh, you know, physical rehabilitation uh, stint to try to get back after the knee surgery. He's also, uh, you know, ensured that uh, uh, through, through the uh, player assistance program that he's gone through that to come out on the other side. So I think for Kerry, you know, for, for him to get back and feel that he can play in the net and be confident in everything that goes with it, I think that would be a real positive for Kerry. I will say this, and I, I, I'm not going to speculate on what the Canadians will do or what Kerry will do or anything like this. I will say this. He's got four years left on his contract. If I am an NHL team and I feel that Kerry Price is healthy enough and, you know, wants to come and play, I would make an inquiry to the Montreal Canadiens and say, you take half his salary and we can talk about him coming to my team. Because I, I, Kerry Price has game left. There's no question. And it's not about Lola. He has game left. 
And we've seen that when he's in situations where it matters and where the games are significant and he has a chance to perform where he can be the difference maker, I haven't seen a drop off in his play. <laughs> and, but you need to be satisfied that you do that, right? But that's how, that's what I would be doing. I don't know where you find it. And like at $5.25 million for the next four years, I watched Mark andre Fleury play pretty darn well. He's a little bit older. I think that uh, Kerry could do similar things. Yeah, and it doesn't, might they might not get that kind of a discount. You know, it might end up being seven or six, whatever it is for Montreal. If they keep Jake Allen, go that route, try to develop their own younger goalies. First of all, all you said is you make a call and inquire. And yeah. Fleury's 37. Fleury's going to play next year. Minnesota felt that up about Fleury. Who won the Vezina last year? Oh, well, yeah, Marc-Andre Fleury. So, and he's going to play again next year. And we've just seen the 40-year-old Belfours, Brodeurs, you know, why well, didn't get quite that older. And he, he could have. He decided to leave after the brunette goal. So, I find that intriguing. All you're saying is make the call. And if they said, no, take it all in 10.5, okay, I'll go in another direction. Let's see if Abs sign Kemper. Let's see what happens with Fleury. Let's see what happens with Billy Huso. There are, there are goalie options in there as well as there are NCAA options as well, Mr. Craig Button. Yeah, I'm going to finish with the NCAA here, Steve. I just want to say one thing. You know, the Denver Pioneers won the uh, NCAA championship. But what is not well known is David Carl, the head coach. Uh, you know, he, he was a very promising young hockey player. And he went to the NHL combine where they detected uh, a physical ailment with his heart that, that, that said he couldn't play any longer. He had to retire. And, you know, think about a young player. That, that's devastating news, but it's life-saving news. And we talk, everybody talks about the combine. I could care how high a player jumps. I could care less how many bench presses a player does or how many pull-ups he does. You know, the fact that they put the players through some really significant and important medical evaluations that can detect these types of things, that is a lottery win. And David Carl goes back, he coaches, and now he leads the Denver Pioneers to the NCAA championship. Way to go. I've nicknamed him David Punch Carl because he reported after they had uh, won the game on uh, the national champion, he said, no practice on Monday. <laughs> Just like Punch with that famous picture with the cup. Yeah, with his feet up drinking champagne, it looked like it too. Uh, that's a great uh, final thought brought to you by Ultimate Hockey Fans, a must for every hockey basement. UltimateHockeyFans.com forward slash cool button pod for your discount. Paul Cohen will take care of you. Ceiling fans, puck light fixtures, or whatever else you want. That's a great final thought. For me, it's Matt Duchesne, you know, and and we when you poo poo on somebody a little bit that you like, and it's like almost the, you know, you got five kids and you know, one's done this and one's done that. And the other one you expect more and they can do it. So you may spend a bit more time with them and say, what a goal he scored the other night. Like that, that's a beauty. He's got 38. He's going to get 40. If I'm Seattle, you know, I know they were scared and maybe Seattle was scared about contracts and price and Tarasenko and Duchesne. And if it was me, I might've gone another direction and maybe I would have handcuffed the franchise because of contracts. But Matt Duchesne, like, yes, Yossi gets credit, Soros gets credit. But to me, Matt Duchesne deserves it for kind of battling through what physical or mental demons and the year that he's having. And he scored some beauties, was on the top line. They want to move him to the two so they can have Forsberg and Ryan Johansson. But if you're going to say something, and I did and people did about Duchesne, then when he's done and got back to, hey, he scored 
big goals in the World Cup. He's represented his company. He's He's been that kind of guy before. He is back there now. If the World Cup was tomorrow, he might be on the fourth line with Ryan O'Reilly and Mark Stone again with what he's been able to do. And he's he's one of the highest-scoring Canadian players in the league right now. So, Matt Duchesne, congratulations on what you're doing. Uh, this regular season is an example that there's a lot left in this Halliburton's tank. So I wanted to give him a shout out, Mr. Button. How's that? I, I think it's great. And you know what? We know how much Matt loves country music. Maybe there's a song to be written about Matt Duchesne and everything that he does. But on that note, I'm going to finish here. Uh, Episode 55, the Larry Murphy. I love Larry Murphy. Hall of Famer, four-time Stanley Cup champion. I have a story about Larry Murphy on our next episode Thursday that is pretty funny. Uh, but for Steve Coolius, Bruce Bolton, I'm Craig Button. See you next time on the Cool Button Hockey Podcast.